warp speed, didn't it? <laughs> I want you to open your Bibles to the Christmas story this morning, Luke chapter 2. And uh, we're going to read something uh, out of there this morning and hopefully get a little more um, out of it than just the, the normal story of Christmas. But Luke chapter 2, and I'm actually going to pick it up towards the end of it in verse number 15. And I want to talk to you this morning about Mary and her actions. But uh, let's start here in verse number 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, there seems to be so much going on during this time of year. You know, for these next two weeks, we're going we're to celebrate Christmas. And then as almost as soon as you get done celebrating Christmas, you immediately turn around and revamp and celebrate New Year's. And there's a lot of celebration that's happening over these next two weeks. And here in this scripture, we see that the shepherds and Mary... Uh, and everybody else, I guess Joseph and the wise men and everybody, uh, they're involved in what we've come to know as the Christmas story. Both of those folks, the shepherds and Mary, are involved. Both are uh, very essential to the story. And both of them have a lot going on. Mary... You know, she's, she's having her, her first baby. The shepherds are taking time off work to come and see this baby. And I, I want to look at these two and see what their reaction was to what was going on around them. The first part of this says that the shepherds came and saw the baby. They had this experience with God. And then they turned around and ran off and told everybody they knew what God did and and the Bible says everybody was moved and everybody marveled and everybody was shocked and, and just, wow, God did that. And the Bible says that uh, they, just went back to, they just went back to work. But Mary, having had the, been in the same place with almost an identical experience of experiencing a miracle from God... She does something a little bit different. Instead of just running out and telling everybody and rejoicing, she actually takes some time to get quiet. And the Bible says she keeps these things and she ponders them in her heart. Now, this is how many people do their relationship with God. One of these two ways. Their relationship with God is... Most of the time, people are much like the disciples. I mean, not the disciples, the shepherds. They get excited. They have an experience. They want to run and tell everybody. But at the end of it, they just go back to work. 
They just go back to normal life. They just kind of go back to facing the same challenges. They go back to dealing with the same stuff. And, you know, it may take a little bit longer for some people to come back down to the runway and, and kind of touch back down. But you give somebody long enough that just wants to be excited, you give somebody long enough who's just about the excitement of the experience for the moment, you give them long enough time, they'll wind up back at work. They'll wind up back at just facing the same problems, facing the same challenges, living their life like what had happened back then was kind of no big deal. That's the shepherds. The shepherds experienced an amazing supernatural moment. They have angels appear and talk to them. And not just one, a multitude. And then when they kind of decipher this is real and they go to this place that the angels are telling them to go, They're kind of like somebody who feels like God's leading them to do something, and they step out and do it, and then all of a sudden it happens just like they felt like it was supposed to. And they're so excited about it, and they run off and they tell everybody. But then the Bible says they just went right back to doing what they did, and we never hear about the shepherds again. Now, there's nothing wrong with having an experience with God. In fact, We should be having experiences with God. And I mean supernatural experiences with God. We should be having God direct us and guide us and lead us into things that we go and we go, wow, how did that happen? Wow, where did that come from? Wow, God, you're so good. That is such an amazing moment. We should be having those things. But if that's all you're looking for is an experience, you're going to be one of the people that wind up back at work with the same cares, come on, the same challenges. You can say, well, yeah, but, but I went to Bible college and I know better than that. You're going to wind up with the same cares, come on, the same challenges. Because all that was was an experience to you. Oh, but I went to this meeting and, and I had a prophecy spoken over me. Yeah, but if it was just an experience for you, for you to tell everybody how great it was, and it didn't move you and change you, you're going to wind up back at work, come on, with the same challenges, the same worries, and the same things. And that's what happened with the shepherds. This great supernatural moment. Everybody told them, we're, they're still famous because of it today. But they just wound up back at work. Christmas is going to come and go here in just a few days. And it's going to be, kids are going back to school. We're going to go back to work. We're going to have the same kind of things that we've always had. If all you're looking for is the experience. And I've seen too many people do that. You know, I was a youth pastor for 25 years. I saw so many kids come to youth camps and retreats and all kinds of things like that. And they'd come and have an experience that waned a few weeks later. I've seen graduates from Bible college graduate, ready to set the world on fire, 
And two years into it, their life is exactly the same as it was before they left to go to Bible college. What's the difference between them and Mary? What's the difference between the shepherds who were excited and Mary who was quiet? Mary does two things that set her apart. Now, we all know she's the mother of Jesus, but she remains a relevant figure in the story of Jesus his entire life. Now, some people go, well, yeah, it's because it's his mother. But he had other family members that weren't as relevant. Joseph wasn't as relevant. Don't, don't get me wrong, Joseph was in the story, but eventually we stopped hearing about him. He had brothers that we eventually stopped hearing about. Mary remains relevant all the way to the end. What does she do different than the shepherds? She does two things. Verse 19 of Luke chapter 2 says the first one, Mary kept all these things. She kept all these things. What things? She remembered everything that happened beforehand. The word kept means to keep in the memory, to guard or protect, to think or care for what? In this case, a memory, to preserve. Mary decided this is not just another experience. This is a life-changing moment for me. And I'm going to keep this in my mind, everything that happened up to this point. I want to say this to you this morning. You know, God's done a lot for you. Come on now. God's done a lot for you. He's done so much for you. He's done so much in you. He's done so much around you. He's done so much through you. Stuff that you don't even know about. And it's amazing how easy it is to forget what he has done when you're faced with what he needs to do next. When you're, when you're facing what comes next, it's easy to forget what God did. Because, well, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe I just lucked into those things and now I've got to face a real challenge. Come on now. I've got to face something real. It's easy to forget what God has done when you're faced with what he has to do next. Mary's actions right here in this moment show us that we need to guard or protect in our memories everything that God, come on, has done for us. Now this gives us the understanding that if we have to guard, if she's, the word kept, that means she guarded, she kept it, she, she, she protected those memories. That gives us the understanding that those memories can be replaced. What can they be replaced with? You know, when we face things all the time, we start replacing what God did with the fear of what if he doesn't do it this time. So our memory gets replaced with fear. 
our memory gets replaced with doubt. Our memories can get replaced if we don't keep them. In fact, Psalms mentions something sort of like this in Psalms 103, verses 1 and 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Mary does this very thing. She keeps an attitude of, I'm going to remember the angel standing before me telling me that I'm going to have a baby when I have never known a man. I'm going to remember that suddenly <laughs> everything about me started to change. I'm going to remember that I be my belly began to grow. I'm going to remember that Joseph had a dream that the angel told him not to, not to get rid of me. I'm going to remember the journey on the back of that donkey through the desert to Bethlehem. I'm going to remember that we were supernaturally taken care of. I'm going to remember that I had to live in a stable for a few days while I had a baby with no doctor. Come on, somebody. No help. Supernaturally delivered a baby. I'm going to remember that there was a star that settled over top. I'm going to remember that strange men I've never laid eyes on before came in knowing exactly what I was going through and what had just happened. I'm going to remember that rich guys came in and brought us provision, gold, frankincense. I'm going to remember this. She kept those things. Over the next few days while you're cooking, preparing for guests, traveling, opening gifts, why don't you just take a second and keep in your memory what God's done for you? There's a lot of things God's done for you. Keep the memory in front of you of what God has done, including sending his son to earth to redeem us. The next thing Mary does is not only does she keep it in her memory, the Bible says she pondered it in her heart. Look at, look at verse 19 again, Luke chapter 2. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This word ponder actually has a lot of words tied to it that if on the surface you wouldn't really make that connection. So we're going to take a few minutes and look at it. The word ponder means to confer, to encounter, to help, to meet with, to bring together in one's mind, to converse with one's self, to make a fight with. Now that doesn't really kind of make sense. Those words don't seem like they should be connected. What was Mary doing while she was pondering? She wasn't just remembering, but she was having a constant conversation. Come on now. In her mind, this is what God did. That what God did in the past, this is real. This really happened. This wasn't just emotion. This wasn't just the heat of the moment. 
This was the real supernatural power of God. And when her mind started to wander and get replaced with something else, she would fight for it and contend for it and say, no, it wasn't my imagination. No, it wasn't just something that I dreamed up or thought up. It was really God's power. It was really God's love and compassion working in my life. Now, I've seen this happen a million times. I remember one time I was at a youth camp in Oklahoma, and we were, we were uh, praying for the sick one night, and we had a young man who had played guitar for us. He came up. His arm was in a sling. He had separated his shoulder, had some ligament damage, and it was bad. And he was going to be off the guitar for a while, and we prayed for him, and he took the sling off, and Swung his arm around and perfectly healed. Nothing wrong with it. It was absolute perfection. You could hear when he started it cracked and popped a few times, and then God supernaturally restored it just instantaneously. And we watched that guy go from being down and depressed, from, you know, I'm not going to be able to play the guitar for a few weeks until my, this all heals, I might have to have surgery, to instantly glowing. Because he was healed. And then a year later, he's backslid. Doubts if God's real. Has no, you know, when, we when he would come and talk to us, we'd say, how can you have an experience like that with your shoulder of what God did? And him say, I don't know if it was even, it was even really hurt. you had a doctor's report telling you you can't move it. You're not supposed to do anything. It's on complete rest until we can run some more tests to decide whether we're going to have to have surgery or not. Yeah, well, I don't know if, that, if, you know if it was even really hurt. Why? Because he allowed his memories to be replaced with something else. And when they started to replace that, he literally gave up and without a, even a fight. To say that they're real. To say that this really happened. And I've seen this happen in adults. I've seen this happen in, in kids. I've seen that happen so many times that when the, when the fight comes to talk you out of what God done, has done in their lives, they just give up. But Mary is doing this. She's fighting in her mind. She's having a conversation with herself. This really happened. And even though you don't feel like it because it's been 12 years, come on, 15 years, it's been 30 years, we're going to choose to believe it because it really did happen. And we're not going to allow time to erase it and fear to erase it and worry and anxiety as a mother to erase it. Come on, somebody. It is a real thing, and I'm going to fight for what God did in my life and hang my hands upon that and grab hold of it and bring it into my life because it's real, and if he did it then, he'll do it again. Amen. Amen. She fought for what was real. A lot, another word we would use today would be the word meditate. Charles Spurgeon said this, I would rather lay my soul a soak 
in half a dozen verses of the Bible all day than rinse my hands in several chapters. Now that's, that's big, fancy, flowery speaking, but he's saying, I would rather meditate and sit and stay and soak in just a few verses than to go and say I read 30 chapters and not get any of it. Mary meditated. She pondered. She fought for the memory of what God done in her life. So what does keeping and pondering, what does that do for us? Why is that so important? Why are you harping on this today, Pastor? Because some of you need to keep and ponder what God's done for you. You need to get dusting it off. You need to get freshening it up. You need to go back and have a conversation with yourself and say, God did this for me. I remember when he did it. But these, it was these actions by Mary that kept what happened at Jesus' birth as something to boost her faith when things got hard in the future. She kept that memory of the miracle of his birth and consistently having a conversation with herself of what happened. And that allowed her to face the hardest day of her life. The day Jesus laid his life down on the cross. She was there that day. And the Bible doesn't say anything about her being great with sorrow. doesn't say anything about her being full of grief. It doesn't say that she worried. The Bible says very little about Mary during that time except that she was there. You know why it doesn't say anything? There's nothing to say. She knew what was going to happen. Why? Because she kept herself back 33 years before. She kept herself at her house when the... The angel stood before her. She kept her mind there. She kept herself there. She fought against the fear, and she fought against the doubt, and she fought against the thoughts that wanted to come and say, he's just a man. When they kill him, he's gone forever. She fought against that. She kept it in her heart and constantly had that conversation. What God has done for you was not just to meet your need in the past. Now I want you to catch this today. This is the power of pondering. When God met your need in the past, it wasn't just to meet that need and then go, you're good. When he gave that answer to you, it was also to build your faith for the next one that comes. A lot of times we think, yeah, you know, he did that. But will he do it this time? I mean, I've, I've kind of screwed up and I've kind of done things dumb and I've kind of done this and I've kind of done that. Maybe I'm not doing everything perfect this time. Listen to me. Your faith should go back and hang on what he did. Your faith should be firmly positioned on what God did in your life. Because he didn't just do it for that moment. He did it for the next one. Come on, and the next one. Come on, and the next one. 
It's amazing to me when you start talking to people and they can tell you about things that happened 20 years ago, but when they face a problem now, it completely devastates them because I should be beyond that. Nobody's beyond problems and challenges. Nobody's beyond. No matter how much faith you have or understanding you have, you're not beyond a challenge popping up in front of you. But when a bigger mountain comes... You can look back at the other one that moved and say, hey, see that hole over there? That's what you're getting ready to look like because the power of God did that one, and now he's turning on you. It's not just to build your faith for that one back there. It's to build your faith for what's in front of you. What God has done for you was to boost your faith. Why would God move heaven and earth one time just to allow you to drown the next why would god change things in your body and heal you the first time only to allow you to die from something else why would god meet your needs supernaturally over here only to allow you to go under over here we used to sing a song when i was a kid growing up at youth camp my cousin was a she was a pastor and an evangelist, and she, she was very powerful. Uh, she, she was one of the best preachers I've ever heard. And I mean, throw it down preaching, like Bishop Jake style, like really preaching. <laughs> you know, veins popping and sweat pouring, and you just, you know, are there. And sometimes she would play the accordion. That's old Pentecost right there. <laughs> she would play the accordion. But she'd get on the organ or the piano when I was a kid growing up at youth camp. We had an old Pentecostal youth camp. She'd get on it and she'd sing this song. And, and the lyrics would say, he didn't bring me this far to leave me. He didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. He didn't build his home in me to move away. And he didn't lift me up to let me down. See, when you don't ponder what and fight for to remain in your memory what God did for you, the devil will talk you out of it right over here. And if you allow him to talk you out of it, then you're just going to have to live with whatever he gives you. Spend some time remembering the big victories in your life. And then have that conversation with yourself that God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do again. What big victories has God done for you? <laughs> if, I, if I started right now with a microphone and we went around this room, we could have a big victory story from everybody. What you keep in your heart is what you'll say, and what you say is what you'll have. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says this, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Where did Mary keep and ponder those things? In her heart. Come on. You need to keep it. 
and then conversate with yourself over it. And pull yourself by, by the bootstraps. Post reminders about what God's done in your life. I remember the first time somebody gave us as a ministry a large donation. You say, well, how large is large? $50,000. I remember the first time that happened. I keep a copy of that check. What do you do that for? Because I, I, I want to remind myself, God did that. I remember the first time we got one bigger than that. We got an $80,000 check. I keep a copy of that. I made a photocopy of it because, you know, you, you, can't, you can't keep a check. You can now, but you couldn't then. I made a photocopy of it. I have it in a file. Why? So when I look around and I think, God, we need this and, and we need that. And, and, and well, man, what are we going to do? And how is this going to happen? I pull those out and go, listen, this is what God thinks about my needs. And you know he did this. And I tell myself that. He did that. You need to have some pictures put up someplace. You know, my father-in-law is probably watching this morning, and I was talking to him backstage and texting, talking about some things we're going to do in California. He, he, he actually went and pulled out old awards that he had won and pictures of himself in high school directing the band. He was the field marshal that walked out with the big, them big Q-tip hats on. He framed those things and put them right in the center of of, of other things and, and accolades that he God had done in his life. Why? To remind himself. And you know what? He's very successful in ministry. He stands in front of crowds of 20,000 people all the time. And yet he still has to go and remember, come on, and remind himself. He's got a picture of himself in his little field commander uniform right next to a picture of himself at the Georgia Domes in front of 53,000 people. What's he doing? He's reminding himself of where God's called him from and called him to and has done in his life. He's got photocopies of checks that are bigger than the ones that I got photocopies of. Why? Because he wants to remind himself of what God's done. And when you face the hard times, like Mary did, when Mary stands at the foot of the cross, you know she's remembering, I knew this was coming. And he'll be up again in three days. Why? Because she knew what the angel had called her to do. She had pondered and fought for that for 33 years. So when you face the hard times, get those checks out. Come on, get those pictures out. Get those cards that people wrote a nice letter of how uplifting you are as a person. I call it my fuzzy file. I got a file full of those cards and letters from parents who would thank you so much for investing in my teenager. They wouldn't be alive today if it hadn't been for your ministry. I keep those things. Why? Is it so I can pat myself on the back and say, man, I'm awesome? No, it's because when I'm facing a hard time, I need to see what God's done in my life and used me to do. I'm pondering I'm fighting for, and I'm not allowing the fear to replace the memory of how good God is.
And that's the power of pondering. And that's why Mary is relevant to the end of the story. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.